From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna stand right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Naps Chat. I'm Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors. Let's talk about some of this week's postal news. First, the contract for the next generation postal delivery vehicles is being contested in federal court. The contract that would equip the Postal Service with its next generation postal fleet, which is going to be electric, is being contested. The $6 billion contract was won by Oshkosh Defense of Wisconsin in December 2020. This week, its rival for the deal, the Workhorse Group of Ohio, sued the Postal Service in U.S. Court of Federal Claims in an effort to block the contract and have it rebid. Also this week, the complete Board of Governors met in closed session. However, no agenda was released for public view. This meeting would be the first time the three new members of the Board of Governors have had the opportunity to weigh in on the Postal Service's recently released 10-year strategic plan. If anything comes up from this Board of Governors meeting, of course, NAPS will let you know. Before I introduce this week's guest, I want to bring to everyone's attention that during this summer, that is from July 19th through August 23rd, NAPS is conducting a Midsummer Nights SPAC raffle. Valuable prizes from around the country will be raffled off, with the winners announced just prior to the National Convention, which begins on August 29th. This online raffle will enable all NAPS members to participate, not just those who attend the convention in Grapevine, Texas. We have already notified NAPS state presidents around the country to ask their NAPS members to contact Allison in the NAPS headquarters of what they'd like to contribute to be raffled off in support of SPAC. NAPS members who want to contribute to this important event should contact their state president or Allison at NAPS headquarters. For more information on how to make the gift contributions, Allison can be reached at NAPS headquarters. The email address is naps.ap at naps.org or calling the office and asking for Allison at 703-836-9660. Now, permit me to introduce this week's guest, Anne Strickland. Anne is legislative chair for the Sunshine State, that is the state of Florida. In addition, Anne is the treasurer of Ranch 146 of Miami, Her day job is that she is an EEO Alternative Dispute Resolution Specialist, which means she's officially headquarters personnel. We'll talk about what it's like to be considered headquarters staff. Welcome to NAPS Chat, Anne. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for inviting me to NAPS Chat. I really have enjoyed what you have done with NAPS Chat. I find it very informative, and I appreciate all that you have done since coming on board to our NAP staff. Well, thanks a lot, Anne. You have a tremendous legacy uh, over particularly in the state of uh, Florida, and we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Now, Anne, I know you bleed postal blue, but can you talk a bit about your postal background? Well, sure. I started out my career in the Postal Service a little over 36 years after I was divorced and had four children. And 
you know, I needed and I wanted a job that had good benefits, salary. And I started out as a letter carrier. I observed the operations and, and wanted to work myself up the career ladder in the post office. I mean, I saw the opportunities and I wanted to make a difference. Some of my supervisors were great, some not so good. But my managers and supervisors observed my work ethics. I always came to work on time. Even though I may have been sick or not feeling well, I dragged myself in. And one of my first managers asked me to be a safety captain. Okay, I'll volunteer. Then the wing started. That's the, the first computer like that came into the Postal Service, Wayne, Wayne training. And you want to go to Wayne training? Sure. So he, I, he sent me for Wayne training. And then I went to night school learning about computers. I took postal management classes. And really, Bob, I volunteered for everything and anything. I wanted to just learn about the Postal Service and, and the workings. So with my college background in marketing management, I put in for a detail, and then I was in a position in labor relations. And that's where I first became introduced to the EEO process. And the labor reps there mentored me in, in many roles and aspects of labor relations and EEO. I also joined the affirmative action committee, and I served on that committee for years. I did a stint for one year. I got a promotion in the injury comp office and then was finally promoted in EEO. And that's where I've been ever since. But I'll tell you, Bob, the Postal Service has been very good to me and my family and gave me opportunities that I would not have had otherwise. So I'm very appreciative of the Postal Service. Now, Ann, you said you volunteered for almost everything that, that was that was available. Now, I, I indicated that you're... Florida Legislative Chair. And I'm curious, why did you become a legislative activist? Well, I first was introduced into legislation by Mickey McCree. And I know you're that's way before your time, but many of us old timers do remember Mickey McCree. Well, she served as the legislative chair for the uh, Miami Postal Service Credit Union. And she was also the NAPS Florida chairperson. And I guess she saw the potential in me and she took me under her wing and I watched every move that she made and she just was a wonderful mentor. After Mickey retired, Danny Gold took me under his wing. And this is both not only with NAPS conferences and, and LTS, but also with credit union legislative conferences. Uh, Jacinto Isabel also had the was on the Florida State uh, Legislative Committee, and he he took he was undertook that for many years. You know, Stanley did grassroots lobbying for Veterans Affairs and co coordinated many events with congressional offices. But both I saw what Mickey McCree and Stanley Gold they loved what they did, and they didn't they both inspired me tremendously. If you wanted to get something definitively accomplished, the only way was through the support on Capitol Hill. You know, we've got to face it that NAPS is an association. We're not a union. We must reach out to Capitol Hill in order to have changes made in the Postal Service. And you know, Bob, bipartisan support is of the utmost importance for none of our legislation will ever get passed. 
I want to get a bit personal here. As I mentioned, you're considered headquarters personnel. And I'm going to ask you, what does that mean in terms of having equitable due process rights? And I'm talking about the right to appeal certain personnel decisions to the Merit System Protection Board. Well, you know, I'm I'm one of the approximately 7,500 management employees who is affected by the denial to appeal to the MSPB, Merit Systems Protection Board. You know, how many years has it been now that we have been asking our congressional leaders to support this bill, which, of course, this year is named H.R. 1624. But, I mean, year after year, we have gained bipartisan support on this issue, and it fails to be signed into law. I mean, this bill doesn't cost anyone a dime. Our congressional leaders understand this. They acknowledge it when we talk to them about it, but it gets passed but not signed into law. Now, that bill has been included in H.R. 3077 in the House. That's the Postal Service Improvement Act, uh, which was approved by the House Oversight and Reform Committee last month. Interestingly, Anne, and I know you know this, that a number of years ago in testimony before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, then Deputy Postmaster Ron Stroman, now member of the Board of Governors Ron Stroman, in response to a question, I believe by Senator Danny Kaka, but I'm, I'm not, I don't recall, said that the Postal Service doesn't object to this legislation. But let's talk about something broader than just the MSPB issue, and that is, generally speaking, why is postal relief an absolute necessity these days? Why is it important to NAPS? Why is it important to the Postal Service? I, you know, HR 3076 was recently approved by the House Oversight Reform Committee, S. 1720 was introduced by the chairman and ranking Republican over on the Senate side. Why is legislation such as this important to the Postal Service? Oh, Bob, it's it's very important. You know, once again, how many years, year after year, we all go and visit our congressional leaders on the Hill and in their district offices when they are at home, and they tell us that, you know, it sure makes sense to them but it still is something that doesn't get passed. I mean, why should we be the only agency or company held to this absurdity? You know, why? Because we have become the cash cow on the Hill. We were in 2006, you know, when this bill was passed by uh, President George W. Bush, that was the Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act of 2006. But, you know, at that time, the Postal Service was making loads of money. But in the past years, we haven't been able to meet those obligations. And I feel the passing of this bill has, has, in 2006, has destroyed the Postal Service. And this most definitely needs to be fixed. Yeah, what you're referring to is the requirement that the Postal Service is the only federal um, agency, state agency, local agent, local agency, or private sector company that's forced to pre-fund its retiree uh, health benefits. And that yes. has been harmful to the Postal Service ever since it was included in that 2006 legislation. And the legislation, pending legislation, one of its pro- um, core provisions is to repeal that requirement to pre-fund. Absolutely correct. That helped us tremendously and the burdens off the agency, 
off the postal supervisors, managers, postmasters, and also the employees. Everybody is so actually stressed making the numbers. It's all about making the numbers instead of really focusing on customer service. And customer service is, you know, we are the postal service, not the postal business. Correct. Customer service is falling by the wayside. We're trying so hard. But, you know, this year has been a horrible year with so many difficulties with the uh, with the pandemic and COVID and so many employees having COVID, thousands having COVID, some even succumbing to COVID, having the difficulties of taking care of, of their children. You know, schools are were not open. Parents could just not say, oh, I've got to go to work and, you know, leave their two and three-year-olds alone. I mean, this year has had has put such a strain on everyone in the postal service. I mean, in, in the whole world, really, but it has impacted us tremendously in trying to do the jobs and trying to fulfill our duty for customer service. Florida, in the quest to represent the interest of NAPS and to promote the interest of the United States Postal Service, Florida has been one of the most effective states in building relationships between members of Congress and our members. Uh, and one of, you mentioned one of your mentors was Stanley Gold, who was a distinguished and beloved NAPS member who re- unfortunately passed away this year. Can you talk about him and how he inspired so many NAPS members, even those outside of the state of Florida, in order to, that they take up legislative advocacy? Well, Stanley was a go-getter. You know, he had a tremendous amount of energy and he started the American Legion Post 311 in, in Miami for the Miami Post Office at that time it was called. He was active in, in the Veterans of Foreign Affairs, the American Legion. I mean, he was such an inspiration. He started out as a, as a clerk in the Postal Service, and he just worked his way up the ranks in, in management. He was a people person. He loved everyone. He never said a a bad word about anybody. He would always take things so much in stride. Things that would make sometimes me angry or upset, he would shrug his shoulders. You know, he was very, very optimistic. And, you know, it's, it's wonderful that the Gold Standard Award was named after him in acknowledgement of all his good works. And it, this prestigious award is an honor for any and all that are recipients of, of this award. But he just, you know, was, a, was an inspiration to everyone, to the, every community event that he attended, all the different committees that he served on. He just worked endlessly. And if he didn't know how to, how to do something, he would reach out to his family members, his friends, his associates, very active in the um, American Postal Workers Union to try to get things done and accomplished. He just loved the political arena in general. Now, I just want to say the NAPS Gold Standard Award is awarded to a NAPS member in recognition of stellar legislative advocacy. Now, I want to talk about 
your meetings with members of Congress. You have a, a good track record meeting with members of Congress. Also, are there any recollections you have of interactions with specific members of Congress that stand out? Well, you know, there have been so many great events, functions, conversations that I have had with congressmen and senators in Florida. And one of the first is when I went to visit Congresswoman Carrie Meek. Uh, She really impacted me when I went to visit her office in, in D.C., again with Stanley Gold and some others from our branch. And I thought, what a down-to-earth person, you know, who you could just sit down and have such an e- easy conversation with and not think of her title and her statue. So when I got back from my first meeting, I researched Congresswoman Meek. And I learned that, you know, her mother was a slave and her parents were, were sharecroppers. And she supported and passed so many wonderful bills and postal bills during her tenure in Congress. And she worked her way up from the state senator, a state senator in Florida to Congresswoman. I mean, she served on so many committees. She also served on the House Appropriations Committee, the Treasury, Postal Service, and General Government, as well as subcommittees on the VA, HUD, and independent agencies. I mean, what a dynamic woman. And when Congresswoman Meek retired, a few from our NAPS branch 146, we had a vase, a glass vase engraved, and we presented it to her at her local district office. She was a remarkable woman, so down to earth. And, you know, I also can't leave out Congresswoman Ileana Ross Layton, who also retired from Congress. But she was electrifying, to say the least. I mean, she had so much energy. She was a power pack full of energy. When we went to visit her, she always greeted us with open arms. And, you know, we have Jacinto Aceball, who unfortunately also is is deceased, but he was uh, the Florida legislative chair at that time. And we have to be thankful for him for many things that he did for NAPS and 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 our SPAC efforts. Well, Jacinto Aceball lived in Ileana Ross Layton's congressional district, and he worked on her political campaigns. When we went to visit her at her local office, he would bring the pastelitos, and she would have her staffer make the cafe cubana for us. Mm. (laughs) Um, Congresswoman Ross Layton would schedule our Hill visits when we went on the Hill in D.C. uh, late in the afternoon. And I mean late, five o'clock at night. But that was so she could give us her undivided attention. She supported also many of our of our bills. After she retired, Carolyn Williams, uh, another member of our branch, and I had the pleasure of meeting her at an Alzheimer's walk in Miami, where she was a speaker at the event. And we walked up to her and she recognized us from our many years of visiting with her on the Hill and her district office. And she was a very gracious political figure as well. But I wish I had her energy. (laughs) (laughs) So many congressmen that have, you know, really impacted me. Another one was Congressman Elsie Hastings, who also passed away this year. But, you know, before he left us, 
he co-sponsored H.R. 695 and H.R. 304. And I was really amazed at that. He was so sick with, he had pancreatic cancer. And at one event, one year when, and, uh, that I went to an event with Congressman Hastings, I had the thrill to meet and talk with Congressman John Lewis. I mean, but that was not only the one time when early voting began in uh, a town close to where um, I live in Sunrise, Florida, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz was at the grand opening along with Congressman John Lewis. And Congressman Lewis lived and thought so much and was such an icon of the civil rights movement movement that I, I just can't express how moving it was to actually meet him and talk to him. And again, another, another humble great man that made such a difference and impact, you know, on American lives. The state of Florida has a pretty strong legislative team. I believe there are 10 members who earned SPAC president's ultimate status in 2020. How do you build a team like that and what sustains it? Well, like they say, there is no I in team. And Florida has worked diligently for years and years on getting monies for our SPAC contributions, trying to, I mean, now we've been number one for years. Our Florida State Board is always brainstorming and working to make a difference and to also set an example for, for other branches. We have had SPAC walkathons in Florida for the past 18 years. And how did that come about? Well, again, it was from the credit union movement. I went to, with Stanley, to many credit union conferences, functions, and they have a huge pack, lots of money in the credit union pack. I'm sure you know that. And they did walkathons to raise money for their pack. They did silent auctions. They did raffles. And I thought, when I became Florida legislative chair, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can do this for our state. We can raise money like this and walkathons. So I'll tell you, we had walkathons in Florida for the last 18 years. And then we started with the silent auctions, raffles. And also that, that goes again into in-kind donations. I mean, so many of our members and the branches have donated items, you know, things that they purchased or things that they received as gifts, and they have donated that for the silent auctions and the raffles. It's been a tremendous success and fun. It's like they say, one man's uh, trash is, an is another man's treasure. Yes. <laughs> well, no, no, none of that is trash. None of that is trash. It's so Ann. funny seeing Ivan at the silent auctions because he has a riot at the silent auctions. And so does Chuck. And they participated in, in a lot of our Florida State conventions. We went on when Brian's been busy elsewhere. And um, it, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And you never know what you're going to find. Well, I know we could spend the whole another hour with you, but I, I just I, I want to close this down a little bit and ask you, Anne, do you have any last thoughts about what you think our listeners need to hear about uh, legislative advocacy, about 
the rest of 2021, what they ought to be doing. You speak, imagine that you're the legislative chair for the entire country, for the entire NAPS membership. What would you tell them? Well, you know, you have to build relationships with your members uh, of Congress. And I'll tell you, this is what I have done. You know, however, this is me. Everyone has their own personality and, and their niche in life. I mean, but I belong to the Davy Cooper City Democratic Club. I'm a precinct captain. I'm a member of the Broward Democratic Club and try to attend all the meetings, mingle and learn from experienced leaders in my community. You know, I've worked the polls, both the early voting polls, the day of, the primaries, the elections, as a volunteer, promoting those who I feel would make a difference if elected. I mean, I don't have a lot of money to give to political candidates, but I can make the time to show them that I am here to assist them in getting their message out to the masses. I mean, I've worked phone banks, put palm cards on door on doorknobs, went door to door canvassing. It's facial recognition. The more people you meet and converse with, it, it's amazing what you can learn from others. I mean, then there's the, the councilmen who are in our towns who are coming up in the political arena. They start out, you know, as councilmen, then they go into the, to the state Senate in your states, and then they're there in Congress and then the Senate. So being out there is so important. Now, is it easy? Well, no, not always. But it can be fun and, and rewarding as well. In Florida, I have to thank so many people for being so diligent in, in Florida. I mean, there's Belinda Gilbert, Jerry Sebastian, who works so, so diligently on our successful raffle. We all work as a team in Florida. And SPEC contributions is very important for us. But we brainstorm and we try to make a difference. With the national conventions, I mean, Bobby Bach is the one that said to me, Ann, you know, if we're doing this at the state level, why can't we do it at our national convention? So at our very first convention that we had in Orlando, Bobby baited me into doing a walkathon at the national convention. Said, come on, Ann, we'll be, we'll make Florida number one. We'll be the first in doing this. So I said, okay, Bobby, I can't say no to Bobby Bach. Mm -hmm. So we started the first back walkathon at the National Convention. And now we'll be having our seventh biannual back walkathon at the National Convention at the Gaylord. Mm -hmm. So I want to put out there, you know, for everyone to uh, pick up your shirts at the convention, get those pledges, and let's be raring to go at this convention. <laughs> and I want to thank you for joining us this week on Naps Chat. That's Ann Strickland, Legislative Chair for the State of Florida. Thank you for joining us, Ann. Well, thank you, Bob. I enjoyed it. And we look forward, as always, to a Florida Naps member's contribution to our SPAC raffle, uh, our summer raffle. So we'll look for that. I want to thank Naps Chat listeners for logging on this week. If you enjoy Naps Chat, please leave us a positive review in the Apple Podcast Store. And more importantly, share an apps chat with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and stay healthy. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter And make 